Hey, good morning. Wow. Uh, it is an honor for me to be here um, with all of you. When Aaron called, I, um, <clears throat> I, uh, as I prayed about it, and then I checked with my two supervisors, my wife and um, Bruce Anderson, who is my uh, supervisor now at New Covenant, and they both gave me the thumbs up, and uh, I was really excited about being here. I am excited, so thank you, thank you, thank you, Aaron, for the invite, and to be here on a, on a momentous day. Um, uh, this church, uh, God has directed it over the years, and now come to a point where you're formally putting in a constitution. Uh, too bad you couldn't vote, though. <clears throat> Uh, No, I'll come back to that in a moment. Uh, But also to be able to install three men or commission three men uh, to be a part of the elder team. So it won't just be Pastor Aaron. It will be uh, Pastor Aaron and Luke and Tim and Ed, as I understand. So so thank you for allowing me to be here. Um, One little phrase that has haunted me over the years is the phrase, uh, never enough. When I would go to bed at night, at the end of the day, or driving home from uh, wherever I was that day, whether it was at the church facility or wherever, and I'd get home and think of all the things I didn't get done that day, and uh, and the weight and the pressure of that, uh, Aaron found that out Saturday night, last night, right? You realize, oh, you know, one thing I, I, I didn't get done, it just seems like no matter how much we get done... There's always more. It never seems to be enough. It doesn't matter whether it's related to work, whether it's related to uh, being a parent, you know? You know, it just seems like there's always more time you could spend with your child or more you should do or more you should have thought about or had more wisdom for. It just seems like that, that we seem like there's, it's never enough. I, I remember when I was in, um, in seminary days, uh, you get these assignments, and they're not math assignments, right? You know, math, you do a problem, and you're done. When you're, when you're writing a paper on, a, whether it's theology or on a, on a scripture passage, there's always one more thing you could read, one more area to investigate. And, and there's a lot of disciplines that are that way. And with the Internet now, you literally have millions of resources out there as opposed to a library which had thousands of resources, right? So it never seems to be enough. Luke, Tim, and Ed, and Aaron, as elders of Riverwood Church, uh, you will face that. There will always be one more person that you should have contacted that week or that month. There's one more issue that you didn't get to at that meeting. And it weighs on you. And you go like that for days and weeks and months and, yes, even years. And that kind of stress and weight adds and adds and adds and it steals away the joy and the satisfaction and the peace that Jesus wants for us. So this morning I, I want to share with you um, what I learned uh, this spring on sabbatical. The answer to that is how can we have satisfaction and peace when we live in reality where it seems like no matter how much we do, it's never enough. 
It's never enough. So turn with me in your Bibles, if you will, to Colossians chapter 1. And we're going to look at verses 27 through 29. But in order to get the context of, um, of 27 through 29, I want to start in verse 24. So if you'll bring that slide up for me of Colossians 1. Uh, and we'll start at verse 24. And if you have a physical Bible like this, that's great. Or if you want to use your uh, phone or tablet to look up the scriptures, please feel free to do that. And if you don't have a Bible, I bet you they've got some to give away in the back. Or uh, load one on your phone uh, and have it on your phone as well. Uh, no one will think you're texting if you're using your phone right now. Isn't that right, Pastor Aaron? All right. Okay. So, all right. So, don't. No. <laughs> no. All right. Okay. Here we go. Uh, let's, uh, let's start at verse 24 to get the context here. Uh, the Apostle Paul is writing, he's writing this letter to the church at Colossae, and he says, I am glad when I suffer for you, speaking to these Christians, these Christ followers in the town of Colossae, he says, I am glad when I suffer for you in my body. Why? For I am participating in the sufferings of Christ that continue for his body, the church. God has given me the responsibility of serving his church, by proclaiming his entire message to you. Now, as I'm reading this, I'm, I'm thinking about uh, the, the, the elder team being formed and, and commissioned today. And, and Paul, uh, he had a commission, if you will. He had a responsibility of serving his church, uh, the churches that he planted and the, and the churches wherever he would find them. And so as, as elders, uh, our responsibility is to come alongside and to serve. One of the biggest principles of leadership biblically and following Jesus is servant leadership. That we don't dictate from the top down, rather we come alongside and underneath and equip and empower people and leaders and, 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 and volunteers in order to do the work that God has called us to. And, and that's the calling of, of elders and, and leaders within any local church to serve that church. So Paul goes on to say then, he says, this message <clears throat> was kept secret. Some translations have mystery. This message was kept secret for centuries and generations past. But now it has been revealed to God's people. When he talks about this mystery or this, um, this secret, what he's referring to is that it isn't like it's hard to understand, but a mystery or secret that wasn't revealed in the Old Testament. It wasn't part of the way of life of the, of the Israelites. But now with the new covenant, with the church, this is now an operation. That's what he's talking about. This is something new that we have as Christ followers that the believers in Israel didn't have. So he goes on now, and this is the text we want to center on, is in verse 27. And Paul writes, For God wanted them to know that the riches and glory of Christ are for you Gentiles too. He says, This secret was waited until now to be revealed to us. This, this operation that is happening within believers now, this what's happening, has is, is been waited for so that 
everyone would know that the sweet gospel, the good news that Jesus loves you and died on the cross for his sins and rose from the grave, this good news would be for Gentiles too. Uh, in our, in our uh, what we call them life groups at New Covenant, you call them growth groups here. In our growth group, or our life group, we are uh, studying Bob Goff's book, Everybody Always. And uh, he really emphasizes that the gospel is for everybody always. And we are to be the sweet uh, smelling savor of the gospel in our daily walk with everybody always. And the good news today no matter where you are in your life right now, no matter what you've done in the past or what has been done to you in the past, of sharing his glory. A lot of translations simply have Christ in you, the hope of glory. That now, as followers of Jesus Christ, Jesus lives within us. He is in us. That's something new that wasn't happening in the Old Testament, under the Old Covenant. The Holy Spirit would come upon people in Israel for special works, but God didn't actually take up residence inside of them. This is something that's totally new. Christ lives in us. So there's a radical transformation that takes place in our lives when we trust Jesus Christ as our personal Savior. You know, be, uh, before we trust Christ, we're separated from our Creator God because of our sin. He's perfectly holy, and we are sinners. We do things and think things that are contrary to the holiness of God. And as a result of that, we face an eternity in a place of eternal torment called hell. And the good news is that Jesus, as we just sang, came down and he died on the cross and he conquered the grave and rose from the grave and he died in our place so that we might live. And if we repent and trust, if we have a change of mind and heart about who Jesus is, that he truly is God and he died on the cross for my sin and rose from the grave, and we have a change of mind and heart concerning who we are, that we truly are sinners and that we can't save ourselves and we turn away from that and turn to Jesus and trust him for the forgiveness of our sin. When we do that, we are radically changed on the inside. In fact, in your growth group study guide, the key verse in there from Corinthians is, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. We've been radically changed on the inside. In other words, before we trust Christ, at the core of our very being, at the core of our soul and spirit, is sin. That's why we sin, by the way. We're not sinners because we sin. We sin because we're sinners. At the core of who we are is sin. If we left a human being without any kind of ethical standard placed upon them and just let them go with their sin nature, they will always move towards evil. But when we trust Christ, the core of who we are is changed from sin to the righteousness of Christ. And the Holy Spirit takes up residence in us. Christ is in us, and we've been radically changed. We've gone from sinner 
to saint. Sinner to saint. Do you realize the most common name that Paul calls Christians in his writings to churches is the word saint? Saints aren't these dead people recognized by a religious institution of living a good and holy life. Saints are every person who trusts Jesus Christ as their personal Savior because they've been radically changed on the inside. So when we talk about living a holy life, when we talk about following Jesus and living for him, it isn't something that we're striving to, be, to become. It's something that we already are. And we are to live that out as we trust him. That's a huge difference. Huge difference. So this is this great change within us. And so the question I have this morning is, have you been radically changed through faith in Jesus Christ this morning? And if you haven't and you would like to do that, man, you could do that right now, right where you're seated in the privacy of your own heart or, or Pastor Aaron, myself, Others here would love to talk with you afterwards about this if you're ready to take that next step in your faith journey. Now, Paul goes on, and, and um, well, here, here's what I want you to see, first of all, here. I can live each day being with Jesus, because my, my whole thought here is, is being with Jesus, and I can live each day being with Jesus because Christ lives in me. Does that make sense? Christ is in me, so every day... Every moment of every day, right now, and in an hour from now, and in three hours from now, and tomorrow, etc., I can be with Jesus. I can be in fellowship with Jesus, have this ever-deepening relationship with Jesus because he lives in me. Now, when I talk about being with Jesus, what are some key elements? And there are many. Let me just give you three. Three key elements of being with Jesus. The first one is surrender. Daily surrender, moment by moment surrender, realizing it's not about me, it's all about him. And that he's in me, his arm is around me, and we walk through this day together. But surrendering to him. Almost every morning in my quiet time and in, in my time alone with Jesus, um, I quote Galatians 2.20, I'm crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life I live in this flesh, this body. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And then I, then I say, Lord, I lay down my life. I surrender my rights and my needs and my dreams. I submit to you, Lord, and will allow you to manifest your life through me. That's what we're talking about. Just that sweet spirit of surrender and humility. That you start your day off with and you continue throughout the day. And when you take the reins back, when you, when you uh, decide to go your own direction, as soon as the Spirit of God convicts you of that, confess that and surrender and keep going to be with Jesus throughout your day. Secondly is time alone. You know, if you're going to develop a relationship with someone, you need one-on-one -on -one time. Um, time alone. So try to... Carve out of your day. Don't try. Do it. <laughs> Trying means nothing. Do it. Carve out some time, whether it's five minutes, 15 minutes, 50 minutes, whatever, however, length of time. And spend a little bit of time just you and Jesus. 
uh, reading the scriptures, communicating with him. And that's my third thing, continual communication with Jesus. You know, what's really cool is, um, and I don't have a set yet, but I, I think I'd like to get one. You know those uh, Bluetooth earbuds now, you know, both ears, and, and, and then they have a little microphone that hangs down on the wire or whatever. And, and it used to be they had the little thing in the ear. Remember those little things like that? And people would wear them all around. But now you've got these cool earbud stuff or or what apple has this little white things that hang down look like floppy ears i saw a guy <laughs> kind of wear one of those the other day but you know and they can you can be talking have you ever gone up to somebody and, and thought they were nuts because they were you thought they were talking themselves i did that the other day i was walking in our lobby we call it main street at new covenant and uh one of our uh one of the guys was just standing over there by himself and he was talking and i thought what is wrong with him? <laughs> and here he was on these earbuds that I couldn't see at the time, and he was talking on his phone. Well, just think that of spiritual Bluetooth earbuds. That when you get up in the morning and you surrender to the Lord and have that time alone, you put those buds in. And then you walk throughout your day in continual communication with Jesus. So as Aaron was introducing me, I was saying, Lord, please help me. Okay? Because I, I was rather nervous this morning. I haven't preached since February. And um, so it's, it, you know, it's like riding a bicycle, I guess. But still, you get nervous. But you're just in that continual communication. Uh, again, going back to Luke, Tim, and Ed... And Aaron, as, as elders, you'll have so many uh, opportunities ahead of you where you may not have a clue what to do. You may be sitting listening to someone and have no idea how to, what to say or say anything. And in those moments, you just talk on your buds to the Lord. All right? And, came and asked, say, there's so many things I do. I meet with some, I have no clue what to say to them. And I said, Lord, please help me. Uh, you walk into, I, I, a couple of weeks ago, you walk into an intensive care unit with the person you're visiting on a ventilator. And I'm telling you, I've been in those situations many times, but each time you say, I, I'm not sure what I should do here. And, and the Lord just helps you, gives you a word, and I could share a verse of scripture and just pray for him and with him um, and bring hope into his life through that prayer. Um, so in continual communication. So secondly, then in verses 28 and 29, let's look at it. Then this leads to doing. We're talking about being. But now being with Jesus precedes doing for Jesus. Notice it in verse 28. Paul writes, so, as a result of Christ living in me, so we tell others about Christ. Warning, or a better, maybe a better way to say, admonishing everyone and teaching everyone with all the wisdom God has given us. We want to present them to God mature in their relationship to Christ. That's why I work and struggle so hard depending on Christ's mighty power that works within us. First of all, I want to mention the, 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 the goal, 
the objective of the local church is to help every person become mature in their relationship with Christ. We want to help someone uh, come into a relationship with Christ and then grow in that relationship with Christ and be mature in their faith in Christ. That's the goal of, the, of, 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 of us as Christ followers. You know, every day I pray, Lord, um, my mission is to make disciples of all people groups. Please give me courage and eyes to see the open doors that you give me to help someone come closer to faith in Christ, to place their faith in Christ, or to grow in their faith in Christ. And, and our responsibilities as elders of overseeing uh, a local church, and for the elders here, is to help all of you as they oversee this church to grow in that relationship with Jesus Christ, to become mature in Christ as followers of him. But notice that the doings of Paul were directly linked to his being with Jesus. Christ in me, so I tell others. And then in verse 29, he says, that's why I work and struggle so hard, because he wants people to be mature in their relationship with Christ. He says, that's why I work and struggle so hard, but how does he do it? What's the text say? Depending on Christ's mighty power that works within me. That being with Jesus is undergirding all that Paul does. So being with Jesus precedes doing for Jesus. Uh, and we have a prayer time at 8 o'clock Monday through Friday at New Covenant. And it's our staff and anyone else from the church will like join us. And there's a gal, her name's Heidi. And she comes periodically to our prayer time in the morning. And, uh, and uh, I just love it when she prays. I just... Uh, there, there are certain people that just, I don't know, I just love to hear people pray. I, 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 anyhow, she, she prays this. She, she'll say, Dear Jesus, you call me your beloved, not your do-loved. Did you catch that? That Jesus, you call me your beloved. Be loved, not your do-loved. It's about being with Jesus. And I'm telling you, it's very easy when you see that the work of the gospel, the work of helping someone come to Christ, grow in Christ, is so important. It's so easy to get focused on that and what you have to do to lose sight of being with Jesus. Now, let me take this a step further. How does this apply to never enough? And here it is. Satisfaction and peace come by being with Jesus. Satisfaction and peace in the midst of the never enough come by being with Jesus. Uh, last February, I found myself, it was my last month as senior pastor at New Covenant, my last sermon as a senior pastor, and I was transitioning into my new role of congregational care and milestones. Milestones is funerals, weddings, baptisms, and child dedications. And, and I was going to transition into that on June 1st, and I was ending as senior pastor on the end of February. 
and the elders in our church family gave me a life-transforming gift. And that was a sabbatical for three months. Starting March 1st and going through the end of May. And uh, by the end of February, I was absolutely exhausted. To be very frank with you, I had put doing before being. And I was under tremendous stress. Um, I was absolutely exhausted. God also gave us a wonderful gift. He gave us a 14-day cruise starting March 3rd. And that cruise was a transatlantic cruise. So for eight days, all we saw was water as far as the eye could see. It was wonderful. We, both my wife Lisa and I love open water, love the ocean. And it was quite a gift uh, that God gave us to do this. And it started on March 3rd, the cruise. My sabbatical started March 1st. And the reason why that's significant is because sabbatical, the, word, the Hebrew word Shabbat, means to cease. So when we talk about a Sabbath, a Sabbath rest, it means to have complete cessation of all doing and rest. And, and the principle, I did a little paper before I went on sabbatical because uh, there's three phases to a sabbatical, rest, renewal, and rejuvenation. And I, I wanted to just have a goal for each of those. And, and my goal for the first phase of rest was this, very simple. If all I do today is nothing, then that's okay. If all I do today is nothing, then that's okay. Um, and that gave me permission then, come March 1st, have no pressure, no stress to do anything except pack for the cruise. <laughs> and then when we were on the cruise, literally, I could do nothing because everything's provided for me. Right? All I, I could stay in bed 24-7 for 10 days if I wanted to, call room service. I mean, everything was done for me. And the other thing I did, by the way, was I, I, my email out of message or out of office for email, I put down and, and set it up so that I told him, I said, listen, I'm on sabbatical until June 1st, and uh, this, this, your email will be automatically deleted. And if your issue is not resolved by June 1st, please email me again. <laughs> so I didn't have to worry about that either, right? I didn't have to worry that emails were coming in and they weren't being answered and they'd all be there when I got back. It was wonderful. I highly recommend that message, all right, and set it up so it does it, okay? And so when I got on that cruise ship, Literally, every stress and burden God released from my heart. And I gave me, it gave me permission. If all I do today is nothing, then that's okay. It gave me permission to do nothing. And I needed that permission. Being a recovering a perfectionist, obsessive-compulsive type temperament, um, I needed permission. But you know what happened? Then when all of the pressure is gone and all of the stress is gone and you know that you don't have to do anything, you know what happens? You do things. I mean, obviously we ate on the cruise ship, right? That's what you do on cruise ship. But we walked a lot. We played games. We took dance lessons. 
most of all, we got to know some folks around the world, literally, and, uh, and had wonderful conversations. Uh, we just had a blast. We did a lot. But it wasn't under stress and pressure. It flowed out of this principle that it's okay if I do nothing. So as I process that for the next two months, now it's the middle of May. As I process that over the next two months, and I'm, I'm thinking now re-entering back in on June 1st, I thought to myself, self, wouldn't it be wonderful if I could live this way every day for the rest of my life? I had experienced an, on sabbatical such joy and release from stress. I thought, now stress, some stress is good, but the extreme pressure and stress is not. What if I could live that way? What would that look like is what I was asking Jesus. In fact, one of the questions I, I asked every day was this, something that, Jesus, what do you want to teach me today? What do you want to tell me today? And so, Lord, what would this look like starting June 1st, sabbatical over, to do this and live this way every day. And here's what I came up with. If you'll go to the next slide, please. Here's what I came up with. If all I do today is be with Jesus, then that's enough. If all I do today is be with Jesus, then that's enough. In fact, Jesus said in John chapter 15, he said, yes, I am the vine and you are the branches. Okay, there's that relationship, vine and branch. Those who remain in me, could I say those who be with me, <laughs> abide with me, and I in them will produce much fruit. See, being precedes doing. Being with Jesus, remaining with Jesus, abiding in Jesus precedes bearing much fruit. And then he says, for apart from me, you can do nothing. Now, over the years, I understood that to mean I could not do anything of eternal significance, but I could do a lot. And that's true. But also it means... <laughs> If I'm not with Jesus and I do, I'll never do enough. I'll always be striving. I'll never have that satisfaction and peace <laughs> because I'm not with him to start with. So if all I do today is be with Jesus, then that's enough. Let me tell you, I would have gone crazy this week if I hadn't been living by this principle. On Monday... And I had a big meeting come in Thursday night. My first time to unroll my plan of how we're going to do congregational care at New Covenant Bible was Thursday night with a group of people who had been caring for our church family for a number of years, and I wanted their input. I wanted to know what I missed and what, didn't, what they thought wouldn't work and what would work. And So it was a huge meeting, and I was trying to get stuff prepared for that, and I wanted to utilize every moment I could in the office, and, and on and on and on. So Monday, to start out Monday, I... I I, I get a call from a guy, another pastor and I haven't seen for a year. He says, could we meet today? <laughs> okay, let's meet today. And so we have a spontaneous 1245 lunch and we meet for about an hour and a half. 
And uh, that led to further conversations during the week. What day did you call me? Tuesday. Okay, so that was Monday. Okay, now I've got that. And then Aaron calls me Tuesday about speaking. Okay, that means getting ready for this. Then Wednesday, I thought there was one surgery I needed to be at to pray with the folks and be with them. But there was actually ended up two. One I wasn't aware of. Thank goodness at the same hospital and about the same time. So I was able to do both. And then I went for a uh, a meeting with another guy to see how he could get involved with care ministry for two hours. And I went back to the hospital uh, to see how things were going with both of them. I got back there. I was at four o'clock. There was a whole day gone, basically, for me. So I had Thursday to get ready, right, for that meeting Thursday night. Uh, and I didn't have time to work on this. And I drove home for, uh, actually, Wednesday night. I drove home for our, our life group, our growth group. And what kept me from panicking at that moment is that I said in my heart to the Lord, I said, if all I did today was be with you, Jesus, and I felt like I had been, then that was enough. And just a wave of peace came over me. I was like, yeah, we'll deal with it Thursday or we'll deal with it Friday. Or like in the case of this message, we'll deal with it Saturday morning, okay? <laughs> You know, it was just like, but I was at peace at that. Before this, I would have had a high level anxiety and been burdened over it. But it's part of the trusting Jesus. That being with him, if that's all I get done today, that's okay. Now, you do a lot, just like on the ship. If I did nothing, that was okay. But you do a lot. But being must always precede doing. So as elders, as elders, make sure that daily you make sure being with Jesus comes before your doing for Jesus. It's an important task that you're at doing. But never make that more important than being with your Savior. In meetings, don't do just a perfunctory prayer at the beginning. Spend some time communicating together as a team with Jesus before you t start doing your agenda. And at the end, make sure you spend some time. But here's another thing I've learned. When you're in a meeting and you're just not making any traction on whatever you're discussing, just stop and spend some time praying. I saw that happen a few months ago in a meeting. We were just not making any traction. And uh, one of the guys said, let's just pray for a little while. <laughs> and we did, about 10 minutes or so. And then uh, we came back, and, and this time it, it, it worked out. We were, ideas came, and it flowed, and there was unity. Uh, other times, you just say, okay, let's wait and do it another time. But just really encourage you, weave into everything this continual communication being with Jesus. Let me pray. Father God, Lord, I thank you so much that when we trust you as our Savior, you radically change us from sinner to saint and you take up residence in our lives. Christ in you, the hope of glory. So Lord, thank you. Thank you that we have the awesome privilege of living every day, being with you and fellowship with you. 
And when we're not, you're still there. You're still in us. You're still with us. You're still walking with us. But we're not enjoying the benefits of it. So Father, I pray for everyone in this room that you would help them see that being with you is the most important thing of everything that they do. (laughs) Help them to have a satisfaction and peace because being with you, if that's all they do today, that's enough. For apart from you, we can do nothing. In Jesus' name, amen.